like to encourage and emphasize the um, simplicity of the, of, of, the, of the actual practice, there's complexities that arise um, and there's dexterity which is acquired. But the simplicity of the practice is always the present moment present arising the present arising is a condition and a condition can subside it, can, it cannot be activated so so just the present moment the experience in the present moment is a conditioned thing or just the condition itself has the potential to um, gener- to rise up and be kind of active, and then other conditions cling to it and things start rolling, or it can subside, which is the, the activation of that need not occur, need not be active. Thought can just be a thought; it doesn't have to be something we react to. Feeling can be just a feeling. It doesn't have to be something we have a take a stand upon. A mind state, just a mind state, it doesn't have to be something that we, you know, cling to or reject. So, so the cessation is not annihilation of anything or getting rid of anything. It's just stop doing something. It really is, is a verbal thing. It's not a. In other words, it's not about eradicating uh, a thing so much as just stopping an activity. The activity is this clinging, this sticking to a condition. Mm. So we stick to something, there's a reaction to that or abiding in it or rejecting of it some kind or another and then things start moving and shaking along and so on. Clear that the the you know the Buddha taught to stop to stop clinging is deathlessness. So it's very much just <coughs> the agents for that sati sampajanya mindfulness, clear comprehension or full awareness and mindfulness is that which directs us, or holds us, holds attention onto the present some vagina, that which feels it out or handles it or senses it mm. and these actually these two patterns one of attending and one of sampling or feeling out or sensing are, they are core attributes of path and they're actually you can recognize them as being aspects of what we have already they're not something. So it's also good to remember this the simplicity of this is, is you already have it. It's a matter of just learning how to attune to what's already here. So there's no condition you have to generate so much. You know, it's not a condition that we need to have or hold, so much as just attuning in. So that even the the release 
is released into the unborn, something, in other words, something that's already has a kind of ever-present quality to it. Uh, and we recognize that most of the time we're not actually in the present, we're in what's about to be, or what could be, or what has been, or what might have been, or what we think happened, or what we imagine will be, or what we fear will be, or what we hope will be, or what somebody's told us it will be, or could be, or might have been, if only I wasn't like that. So there's a lot of that kind of clouding that one tends to take for granted because it's so chronic and habitual that uh, probably most of the time we've not really known much else. So we take that as the norm. Mm. And then this is like the cloud over the, over the vision that, that means it's always um, we're always kind of pushing forward towards some goal because the, the you know that that's what it does that kind of clouding ignorance it pushes us we're out of alignment so that we can replace the should be's with something else you know samadhi nibbana should be could be will be might be if only I was if I wasn't like this I would be and so on so this is the kind of clouding of views so certainly we could say that samadhi nibbana etc um, are arrived at through through conditions, but the, the, condi- the condition of handling conditions rather than grasping them. And Sati Sampajanya is one way of expressing this skill of handling rather than grasping. You know, and handling rather than grasping. So just using those words, idiomatic expressions, kind of. Kind of What's the difference? I mean, in some ways, they're quite similar, aren't they? You handle it, you touch it, so forth, you get some sort of grip on it. But grasping is a much blinder thing. It's numb, you just kind of gook, grab it, throw it away, drop it, whatever. The handling is much finer, it's kind of, you're really feeling it out. And then letting it do what it does. And the Buddha's insight into conditions is that by themselves they are already insubstantial. You don't have to make them into anything other than what they already are. They already are void, empty. This is why all our lives we've never been able to find a condition that we could really stand upon (laughs) for all, all of our life, you know that we can actually rest upon. All of our life has been restless and misfitting because conditions are essentially just that. We know that already in some way. Mm. And yet that that sense of groundlessness, when, when we meet that through the cloud of grasping, there's a sort of 
know, a, a wanting to grasp into something that isn't so groundless because we don't really understand that we don't need that kind of ground you know, we already have this ground of awakening, this ground of realization this, uh, this, you know, and this is talking purely in a kind of perhaps a poetic way you know, but I don't mean to give any suggestions that there's some sort of you know, metaphysical reality that we essentially are or whatever you know, people like to kind of try to get the Buddha to talk about the oneness or the divine nature or you know, the Buddha mind or something like that some sort of something, you know, something subtle there that you could be or already have but the Buddha, as far as I can make out definitely didn't talk in such ways they can be inspiring and useful but really it's about you know, you tend to refuse to give any kind of even kind of vague substantiality even kind of monistic or metaphysical substantiality to Nibbana just saying this is the ending of grasping you know it's, it's like some <laughs> it's a non-doing something yeah. and you, you see how kind of frustrating that can be for our ways of thinking because we want something to kind of inspire us so you know about peace or you know, knowing or wisdom or compassion ah, you know, yeah, okay, better which is all fair enough if one knows what one's doing you know. but um, these are just ways of conceiving which can be helpful and inspiring but in ways of practice we have to be quite aware of any state or condition that we lean upon to compulsively or inattentively mm. it really isn't the handling of conditions because he was like wisdom and compassion which are lovely and certainly attributes we could certainly give those attributes to the Buddha and various realized and half realized and quarter realized beings that we know <laughs> and actually you know if you take that then how much of your experience right now is wisdom or compassion you know, well, I, you know yeah I like to be that way but I do lose it you know and uh, I like to be compassionate but actually I like to be compassionate when other people aren't around because they get on my nerves <laughs> or get to something or you know it's it's just like you know we can take these things as states that we have to be rather than you know the, the doing of it like you know the, the sense of the compassion and towards that which is mean or foolish or grasping or whatever very much the activity of non non holding it, letting it subside. So it is a touch, not a, not a 
grasp that we're looking for. We might say that the wisdom, compassion, these are all aspects of relating to conditions rather than having or being conditions. Mm. Their activities. Do you walk with compassion? Do you breathe with compassion? Do you wash your cup with compassion? Do you? Yeah. Is it something that's a sense of, you know, may this be well, may this not be harmed, may there be a sphere, a whole way of relating that is kindly aware and attentive what's going on with no intention to cause harm or damage and in fact to ward off harm and damage to anything so one's kind of being one's way of behaviour is a, is a kind and compassionate one and I've got to be it or have it and these, these things are really useful little reminders uh, depending what we need to, how we need to work. They're telling us something about our activity in the present moment. So this is something to be emphasised rather than the state in the present moment, but the activity in the present moment, which is the way we respond and relate to internal phenomena, external phenomena, and so on. Mm -hmm. To get to be active in this subtle way, a subtle kind of activity, which is easeful, releasing, brightening, reassuring, is to keep that subtle activity alive. This must be what we're about. You know, as the world tumbles along and these bodies come and go, history unwinds, you know, it's about but to keep a certain quality of subtle activity there for the human beings, for the world. When it's not peaceful and it's not this and it's not that. Mm. So these, these attributes of awakening are already there for us. We have the ability to focus on something and handle it. Could be could be thinking about it. We could take it on that level. You know, so there are different 
ranges or different layers of that. The obvious one is just to look at something and think about it, taste it, poke it, touch it, you know, if you handle it that way, think about it, that's another way. But uh, recognizing that the the coarser that handling is, the more one actually adds something to to the phenomenon. So we look at a bird and we call it a duck. Then we put the word duck onto that creature, haven't we? With whatever that brings up, making it another comic, or the cute little things that quack, or whatever. You know, and really recognizing the, the labeling and the perceiving. However, it can help us to you know, name something or identify. It also tends to bias it. It tends to kind of limit what it is. Yeah. Our awareness in the present moment is both focused, but it's also constrained by the labelling we put upon things and people, obviously. You know, most obviously, people. So that one's hand gets finer to just sensing beyond, beyond the labelling of self and others. The woman labels oneself and one labels other people. It's just the tuning in, sensing. Mm. And we're sensing the arising of things that may be enjoyment, apprehension, curiosity, um, impatience, you know, whatever. And you can feel that arising, the energy of that. Mm. And as your attention gets, as you're with that, working through that, and you can begin to sense um, more fully something, um, the dispelling of those things, because as you, as you, as you, as you attune to something, then the labelling begins to peel away. You just take something very obvious, like just looking at something with your eyes, you know, simple thing like one of these stones with your eyes, stones on the floor. You think, well, a stone on the floor, so what, you know, square, rectangular, you know. You look at it long enough, you see the patterns, and, well, you see the, you know, and gradually the stone, realise it's a kind of tremendously potent experience, that stone down there, it's not just the thing you walk on. Um, and it begins to kind of, you see in your, one, your own, the mind's tendency to label things, to, oh, that's it, got it. Stone, got it. Right, next. <laughs> you know, it does that a lot, doesn't it? Oh, I know what that is, that's enough, got it. You go into the quality of that experience and you can perhaps feel, well, this is, there's nothing like this in the world. It's completely unique. You get a sense of wonder and joy. And it's and even past that, into the sense of exuberance or whatever, just into the quality of just seeing or sensing something. And the mind, you know, behind it, the kind of the wish to make it or hold it or name it or have some experience out of it and all that. And just kind of letting that wash through until you become this kind of state of stillness, which is not frozen, but just a, there's nothing there's nothing, you know, it's neither there nor not there, it's just, you know, kind of like a quality of very naked awareness. So that, you know, we might think, oh, that's great, it must be a sacred stone, 
cut it out and take it home with me because it does that to me but it's not it's not the stuff of just holding and reviewing and filtering then this this it's like all these other layers begin to peel away if we stay with it patiently and something as simple as that the mind becomes begins to the mind begins to disappear as a mind because we the handling of a condition so it doesn't become something that acts as the foundation for that compulsion you know, which is immediate label dismiss on to the next which is grabbing isn't it oh I've got that right next you know, how often do we find our minds doing that you know, okay and we begin to maybe comp- when you look at this as a, as, a, as a habit in the mind how we can so compartmentalise our lives you know, okay it's this time for this we do this it's time for that we do that and uh, realizing all the you know how ignorance can come in to deprive us of this possibility we have of just being present by saying oh I'm present 8.30 I'm present and then and then 9.30 and then you know you begin to find yourself jumping into meditative bits and non-meditative bits and non-meditative bits are kind of fairly random and uh, you know it's fair game as it were and then we come to our meditative bits we, we grab, we grasp, we try to grasp something we have meditation and then we okay done that for an hour right now to something else so you know see how one is just You know, that even though those views, those structures become obstacles. This is um, where Sila Pata Paramasa originates from, the sense of clinging to um, behaviours, habits and routines. So gradually our, our unawakenedness, or I don't know what habits get, get their... their their time in the day you know. <laughs> and eventually they, they kind of they tend to then cast a kind of a, a light over the whole day it becomes oh it's another day it's day seven of the it's week seven of the retreat it's this I'm about, I'm about to do this and then I go off and do that and I have been this it's only so many days left and it's nine o'clock and, uh, and wow you know and that becomes really something that uh, acts as a big obstacle because it, it's not no longer really present moment where we begin to understand in the present the very nature of structuring as a condition You grasp it at it. You grasp at it and then you reject it. Which is another form of grasping. Mm-hmm.
grab it, oh it's like that and chuck it away or it's like that, hold on to it, or it's like that mm-hmm. what is it? in the present moment So I just encourage, because we have this every sense base, including the mind, has these two aspects. One is its ability to receive, and the other is the ability to formulate. You know, so we can both the eye can be open, there can be light streaming in, and then images get formulated, and that acts as the condition upon which we, oh, that's real that's six feet away, that's this, that's that, and now I do something. So it's the receptive which just receives things and then that what's received gets formulated into images, that perceptions, and that acts as the base for activity. So every sense door has these two qualities to it. The mind can be just tuned, or it can be active, doing something. And because the, the activities, the formulations are so ingrained, we don't require any effort to do that. It happens naturally. Uh, and those, those habits are looking for certainty, looking for pleasure, happiness, looking for terms of being something, selfhood. So, which are what the three characteristics in each Dukkanaka are reminders of us to keep remembering it really is groundless here yeah, you know, we, something mind, it's got a programming create ground, create ground, create ground <laughs> you know, because you can't float, you know And as we as it does so, then it's always up against the frustration of the ground disappeared, and then we can, or it hasn't been created. Uh, maybe after a few weeks of retreating, we feel slightly irritated, disappointed. You know, I'm not getting the thing that I wanted. Um, not getting the ground that I wanted, I wanted to be this and I'm not this I wanted to have this and I'm not having it in a particular, what we wanted, you know comes up and there's a disappointment it's criticising oneself didn't put in the effort criticising, feeling slightly disappointed with the situation wasn't enough of this for me, or the teachings, or whatever. This is, you know, not getting my ground. When quite clearly, it keeps falling away, doesn't it? Can we, you know, can we meet that? 
and uh, if there's the proper handling and attunement then the Buddha's encouragement is yes we can meet that and that's that's where it, the suffering ceases yeah. and the meeting it is not going to be something acquired through a view although right view can help us it's not going to be acquired through an act of attention no attention can help us it's acquired through actually coming out of the the compulsiveness of grasping reacting and just taking you know, to just handle until there's nothing left to handle it's like you know you're picking something up that begins to melt as you hold it, touch it and roll it around till eventually there's nothing and then that handling can then subside and it goes from fairly coarse handling just thinking, reflecting to you know, subtler forms the attunement, attention, questioning, investigating, dhamma vijaya mm. and something more like just kind of sensing where you can feel slight qualities of of holding or pressure or space or openness and so that even with um, you know the de- degree of settledness it's like you know when the vitaka vichara stops what, what does the handling and you recognize it's in the quality of piti you know and then when the to piti is handled by ease so that the ease feels that the pity feels disruptive to the ease, unnecessary. So the ease, the sukha, begins to kind of cause the pity to subside. And the, the sukha can itself can feel a little bit added. So it's the quality of upeka and one-pointedness that begins to infuse the sukha. And that causes that to subside. It's not as if you're doing it, just those very attributes, rather like the way that water naturally inclines towards a level, you know, when it's given that possibility, the pathways are open, it will naturally roll down to find a level. So it is with these qualities of deepening, you know, they, they, they happen by themselves once there's that handling, you know, that, that attunement to them, rather than clinging to them holding them it's like you're holding the water up because it's a bit better than the water was on the previous level um, it's like just listening in to the reactions to happen and this is perhaps a, a really useful practice really basic you know everyday garden and kitchen shrine you know everyday practice it's like you see something and what jumps up and it may jump up so quickly that you wouldn't even know it happened until you know one begins to re- recognize after a few minutes the state one's in when suddenly wired up or feeling a bit irritated or feeling slightly out what happened? 
and you, oh, you know, like that. And we may feel suddenly we're, we're thinking or not, we're up in our heads or there's some powerful emotion in our hearts. What happened? And we can think, oh, well, it's them or him or this or that or the telephone or whatever. Yeah, you know, something triggered it, but really what happened? It's not blaming, just acknowledging that kind of book that occurs and really taking oneself seriously and compassionately. You know. This is how you know, condition acts as the basis for one's own stress. Mm. Just looking at the reactions which are, occur on level of perception, how we label something or somebody. You know, that because we, we need the ground, we want to know who that is. And sometimes the knowing is just, oh, it's just that. You know, it means dismiss it. It's not my business. You know, yeah. Or, you know, or him or her or whatever. And it's maybe not necessarily unkind, but just that, you know, there's no ill will in it. And yet it is somehow a kind of a, a limiting of one's ability. Just be present with that. Let it, let it do what it needs to do. You know, let it enter you. And finish what the person says or what's happening. So this is something to cultivate, you know, so that particularly when you're in a situation of, um, you know, where there can be a lot of ground or condition for reactivity, human beings, people moving past each other, times, places, and so forth could be a lot of condition there that could be potentized and actualized into gotta do, can't do, doesn't matter, this is important, and all that kind of thing. Maybe we, we jump. We're feeling that, that welling up. Not that there's anything wrong with this, because if we handle that welling up really with compassion and, and interest, it's in that very welling up that you really check in with the conditions that, that are the most potent for you. And these are the really alive ones. The ones where we're getting, you know, jumping, sparking in our ordinary day. You know, these are the ones that jump up us a thousand times a day or in our lifetimes. These are really, these are the ones that have got the, the, the energy in them. And, you know, it's like if you can get around those, those are the ones which will give you the deepest, most meaningful release for you right now. It may not always be that way, but right now, if you just let go of a little of that reactivity, you know, this, this is the way the process works. And it, I don't know what that is for you, where it is for you. But it's alive and it's often coming out of left field. That's why, wait, suddenly there I was, you know. I was really feeling still and serene and love and really nice space and then, and suddenly, you know, it takes me three days to calm down again. What happened? Wow, that was alive. Um, and rather than think, oh, you know, that was a distraction, there was a lot in there. So we may begin to look at the, the worry or the 
feeling vulnerable or the irritation or the judgments that occur so if you can handle those this is the judging mind this is the what's it about it begins to unfold needing a position when we judge I've got a seat I can then judge so judging gives me a place to sit doesn't it when I'm above everything Mm. (laughs) even if what I'm above is myself you know, we do that a lot just because it gives some ground and yet real compassion is no ground we don't want that ground you know, because it just breeds suffering don't want it much better to just be there open to that let it do what it needs to do and let it subside this is actual compassion, actualizing it. So it's not about fixing anything, which gives me some ground. I'm now the fixer, conquering, judging, rejecting, denying, didn't happen, it's his fault. Mm. So it's this quality of the conditions melting. One of the so sati sampajanya that mindfulness is to be a, attend, catch the moment, and then sampajanya feel it out. Where's the stress here? What's arisen? Where's the locking? Where's the, where's the state? Where's the ground being established? Do I need that? Yeah. And then, okay, some way in which something we seem to need, that thing. Hmm. What would it be like without that? What would it be like without a position or a judgment or a success or a failure? What would it be like? Hmm without you know, trying to get rid of that thing just remembering that and let things shift so it, just the remembering of that potential is, is the thing which opens the, the channel which says that there is a way through this but you don't have to push through it there's a way through that and then it, it moves itself through that I don't have to be this is the permission not I should be something else but I don't have to be this and then, you know, because if we create an idea of what we should be, that's more ground, isn't it? But if we just say, I don't need to be this, the thing flows to where it needs to be. And uh, you know, that flow is really out of grasping. So this is the, the deathless, the non, non-grasping. Often we use things like vitaka vichara, the ability to just lift the mind onto something. What's that? With a moment of recollection or thought. Oh, what's that? A vichara, how does that feel? What's it like? What's, what's, that? what's in that? And we just take your time, you know. 
can use the thinking mind, but really take your time with the thinking mind. So that just think simply and spend, you know, a greater proportion of time just getting the full bit of that. And this again is a is a very powerful practice, a very useful antidote to our compulsive thinking, which is mostly just grab, 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 and don't really take in very much at all. Yeah. It should be like 20% hold and 80% sniff it in, taste it, get it down, let it be there. Yeah. So eventually your your mind gets simpler in terms of concepts. Just that's that, and let it tell you what it is. Don't think it through, just let it say what it is. And you get the, the feeling of things beginning to unfold. And it very much helps to moderate one's energies into being less the, proact- the hyperactive and more receptive, yet not you know, completely passive either, but tuning in, picking it up, feeling it out. So it's like that deepening, deepening of quality to one's attention. And Vitaka Vichara is a, you know, is, is a primary way of doing that. It's not an intellectual process, it's very simple. Just, this is the fear, okay? This is the sense of tension, okay? That's enough. Enough in, now just be with that feeling. Where is it happening in your body? How does it feel? Mm. You know, they're not wanting to be that, they're wanting to be out of it. How does that feel? And just abide in handling and feeling out that tension or the whatever it is. Just like you're innocent. Mm. And then, you know, what's needed here? Do you really, do you need the, why is the tension, the resistance to something? Do you need protection? Do you need to defend yourself? Do you need to, hmm? What would it be like without that? Could that, would that, is that about, would it be okay without that? So that's, that's the, that release is like that. And we keep it simple then. There's a deepening of one's uh, receptivity. And yet it's guided by getting to the specific point of the present, which is the real function of vitaka, which is a primary agent of mindfulness. Just, you know, don't just swim or drift in the swamp, but if you get to the present, can you just crystallize that? This is dull, or this is ungr- this is um, no earth element here, no focus here. Hmm? What's that like? So you know, it's very, it's quite subtle because as soon as one begins to recognize the very act of recognition itself, that's all. You know, very act of recognition, repeated, just recognizing, acknowledging that is that's your focal point it's not to suddenly make water into earth or smoke into rock but, oh this is smoke 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 mist 
like this, sinking like this, and deepening around that. Where's that happening? What's the bodily reference to that? Mm. The energy with that. What's needed here? This quality of subtle inquiry and taking one's time with it all. Sitting, walking, moving around, eating the meal, and particularly, you know, recognizing in one's day there may be patches which are one seems to be fairly even with, and then suddenly it gets very compulsive, maybe eating the meal. Not because one's particularly hungry or greedy, it's just somehow it's something to get done and get over with, or, you know, what's happening? Because all these seemingly mundane and, and ordinary things often bring to light the most paramount ways in which we're getting lost or blinded. Not in the topic, but in the, in the way we compartmentalize things. And unraveling those would deepen so that actually what we do outside what we call meditation can be tremendously furthering for what we call meditation because you don't have to then keep backtracking to get into meditation you don't come out of it 